We interrupt this program to bring you a special news bulletin. The two half squads are on the air. This is the Two Half Squads. Welcome, everybody. On the air. We are the Two Half Squads. That's Dave. And I'm Jeff. No, that's Jeff. And I'm Dave. And uh, this is the only podcast on the net dedicated 100% to the greatest game in the world. Advanced Advanced Squad Squad Leader. Leader. Hip, hip. Hooray. Hip, hip. Hooray. Hip, hip. Hooray. Yeah, yes. (laughs) Good to see you, Dave. Yes, good to see you, Jeff. Haven't seen you since last week. Mm -hmm. When we had a very nice, we had a very nice episode last time because we didn't have to do anything. Well, we asked a few questions and we let Perry speak. Yes, we had to interview the very good-looking man. Yeah, yes, yeah, Perry. very handsome, the handsome Perry Cock. Learned some interesting things too. Yeah, and he, though you know, <laughs> I, I was a little disappointed because well, because I thought maybe he was going to give us a scoop. He gave us a scoop. Well, then he posted it on his blog, everything he told us he put on his blog. But he did wait a day after giving us this. It was by the next morning. (laughs) (laughs) I checked. I think he forgot. Yeah. Well, and uh, it's fine. I mean, we didn't ask him to give us a scoop. I was going to ask him to give us a scoop, but... Well, yeah. And I think we decided a while back, we're just not the immediate media... Yeah, we're not. We don't do breaking news, do we? Not much. Yeah. Not much. Yeah. You got all that instant Instagram and Twitter and yeah, kind of idiots have Twitter accounts anyway. I do. <laughs> oh, do you? Sorry. Wait, don't we? As this kind of spots? yes, we do. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I see you post a so, little something. So it's that kind of idiots. Yeah, that that's the kind of idiots near and dear to our hearts. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was fun. It, it kind of got me excited about new stuff coming out, and then some things happen in the mail, and it got me excited about other stuff, and no, I've been all cranked up about Squad Leader. I actually have been, and I think I mentioned that a little in the show before Perry's, kind of into it again. I, yeah. I don't know if well, it's because I'm reading all these animals. What do you mean again? Were you, well, were you, were you losing interest? No. Here, lay down know, on the couch, tell me about it. <laughs> sometimes it's just not quite the same level of, um, yeah. feel goodness. Yeah. As, as lately. Yeah. It's like, ooh, look, hexes, ooh. Hexes? Little counters. Yeah. <laughs> you know, really, and I think it is part of when I'm reading these annuals again for review on the show, and, you know, like just look at the picture of a game set up or scenario card, like, oh, yeah. Good feeling. So I guess if yeah. I'm ever, you know, hospitalized and I have to be cheered up, you'll, you'll have to come over and just, like, show me boards. Yeah. And show me, like, the scenario cards. Yeah. Look, Dave, I'm here to cheer you up. Look. Yep. There, well, A2, uh, ASL scenario A5. I, it's, uh, there's nothing like um, getting something new or reading something new to, to kind of get the interest going again. Oh, I'm reading something old, but it seems new because it's been... Because it's been so long. 20 years plus. Yeah, 21 years. Yeah. 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 So, well... Mm-hmm. So my heart check came out while at the hospital. Oh, you went to the hospital. Yeah, just checking the arteries. I'm pretty sure it's the asthma is getting worse, so sometimes I just get out of breath, kind of fatiguey. Um... You want me to open your beer for you? Uh, not quite yet. Okay. And yeah, 
Yeah, you think. And I haven't eaten better, too, which I must, must say. You mean more? Nope, getting back to fruits and vegetables. Oh. oh. Amazing how you feel a little bit better yeah. if you eat properly. But, yeah, so they ran the heart thing, and there's no blockage. So, And I had a spray with the steroid stuff in it, I think. Oh, yeah. Which I don't want to start using it all the time, but it really helped me feel really good for quite a while. Yeah. And I'll go back and meet with the doctor on that. But, I, you know, I liked being in the hospital. Now, see, really? It's nice to be in the hospital when you're not really sick. Yes. So, it's quiet. And the guy taking the pictures, you know, you run you on the treadmill, they inject the stuff. Oh, yeah, they inject you with the goo. They take these yeah. multi-pictures around there. Uh, it's just so quiet. I, you know, walk in and he, hello, sir, lay down here. And, yeah. And he stands back and click, click, click. And, and then like, okay, thank you, sir. Oh, yeah. And nicer and, furniture. And whoever yells at him. Well, probably. Everybody's yelled at him? Yeah, probably. He's probably. Everybody's got a boss that yells at him. That's why. I, <laughs> that's why I like being an independent computer consultant because uh, my clients never yell at me. They're afraid to yell at me because you're not under. Because I might lose. They might walk out with yeah. all their stuff. Yeah. I've got all your data. <laughs> Treat me nice. <laughs> well, occasionally maybe a customer, a patient would yell at him. I, I can't I, imagine yeah, why. Yeah. Probably, it probably mm-hmm. isn't a very stressful job for him. Yeah. And uh, so, did you get the results back on your test? Yeah, clean, yes. Oh, all cl- all, all that's clean. So, so, yeah, thanks everyone yeah. for your concern. Yeah. Yeah, I went in a few years ago for a, can I say colonoscopy on you, a podcast? You can, but just use a code word. The, I went in for an asshole. ASL for an asshole exam. <laughs> Let's go back to colonoscopy. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was actually very nice. I had a very nice experience. Um, I mean, the fact that when I came out of the anesthesia, you know, I was running up and down yeah. the hall with no clothes on, and and uh, you know, chasing my wife around and the nurses, and you know, that was kind of fun. I think I think I've seen that posted on YouTube. <laughs> the nurses put that up. <laughs> No, you come out of that really quick. It's like yeah. you go out and then you wake up and and you're, it's hard to believe you actually went under. Yeah, it is. It's like what? No, you didn't do it already. Yeah, it's still right here. Yeah, because it's not like dreaming or sleeping. You do. It's different. Yeah, it's, it's different. different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There were a couple of nice looking nurses, you know, and they're like, "Oh, have you? Uh, have, has this ever happened to you before?" And I thought. <laughs> I was thinking, I wonder what she's talking about. And then it kicked in, and I'm, I was out of it. But, yeah, I'm glad you're okay. So I think we should say, look, ASL players, eat right. Eat right. Uh, get your sleep. Get your sleep. Uh, get your asshole looked at. <laughs> and and uh, start and exercising. Be healthy, yeah. Yeah, so. Yeah. So we're all around longer to play games with each other. Exactly. There you go. Yeah. Well... Uh, should we start with some letters? Letters. All right. So, um, this was we're doing a little different tonight. We're over at Dave's house podcasting so if anything sounds different that's why yeah 
It's nice to be here. And Letters is brought to you by great listeners like David M. David, thanks for the kind donation. Very nice donation. Wow, nice donation. My yeah. wife accidentally logged on. i got to tell you this. My wife accidentally logged on to our PayPal account and moved all of our money into her personal account. Are you okay? What? <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you had your heart checked. Yeah, she accidentally logged into our account. It's where we had all our, all the money we've accumulated for the two half squats, which we're about to spend on our yearly bandwidth and stuff, and transferred it. Yeah, into our personal and account. Pay for some lunches at the open. Yeah, we traveled there to report live. That's right. So, um, but th- that's so that should be back shortly. Okay. <laughs> Not to worry. And also to donations from donations from listeners like David S. Thank you also. Thank you, David. Do you have a letter there, Jeff? I don't know. Do I? Who's it from? Do you? Ten amazing things recently found? No. Donation? A cars. Oh, okay. Oops, it just unstopped something. I've got a letter here from Douglas Rubidoux. I'm going to pronounce that Rubidoux. R-O-U-B-I-D-O-U-X. I'm thinking that's Rubidoux. Or Rubidoux. Rubidoux. Yeah, maybe. Ruby dooby doo Oh, it's French. And, uh, yes, <laughs> yeah, we better stay away from it. We'll just call him Doug. Well, what he has done is he's come up with, you know those nice cards that came along with uh, the historical modules? The, yeah, the, uh, vehicle cards. Deluxe, the vehicle cards. In, yes, in that's correct. It was Deluxe. Yes, he's sort of uh, reproduced those. So he's gone through all of Chapter H and produced cards of everything that you'd want to know about vehicles. Um, and these are... Ooh, I just went... And Don't do that. You can print these out. They're available in PDF. It's about 700 pages long for, for all of the vehicles and ordnance for all of the nationalities. And... Um, they're very, very, oh, I, I said and dumb. And they're very nice. They're very informative. They're in color. It's easy to find stuff on there and everything you'd want to know about a vehicle. So I'm going to, well, I guess, yeah, we'll put a link in the show notes. Yes. People can go there. You can pay $20. You'll get these PDFs. You can print them out. They're wonderful. I, I actually will recommend them highly. Highly. And I think Doug or... Chris, who worked with him on these, or maybe Chris actually did the cards, is going to be at the ASL Open, so we can thank him personally. Do you have a letter, Dave? Could you move your mic over so that you're speaking into it? or <laughs> Turn my head back this direction. <laughs> Very visual show tonight, people. Yeah. Um, We're challenged. Oh, and then we got the... Now the heater came on. Yeah. Lots of good background noise. Yeah. But they won't hear the water fountain in the background. No, we don't have the water fountain. Like at your house, Mr. Smarty Pants. (laughs) So, I am busy making a list of links. Ah. Because if I don't do it now, they won't get on the show. Yeah, gotcha. And we have the very, very famous... You know what? I just want to say, Stephen KSS. Does he have... Oh. The artwork he sent. Yes. Yes. Stephen Kess? I don't Kess? know. He, he doesn't actually put his last name. It's he doesn't, in, does it's he? It's in his um, address. So, but Stephen has sent us the wonderful art that appeared 
on the show of us. It's like characters, like cartoony. Yeah, one photo. Of just, yeah, on episode one eleven. Yeah, but he's also done a bunch of things, like little counters, and they're just sure. marvelous. Yeah, maybe we'll use some as the art for the show again. He, yes, he gave us the rights to uh, use the work, and it's excellent. Uh, it's, it's really getting, fun. Getting me inspired to think about a T-shirt from that. Oh, or sweet! Maybe get on that. Um, so we want to say thank you, Stephen, and we'll be probably putting more of your stuff up there. Uh, that we find highly interesting because, of course, it's about yeah. us. How about underpants instead of T-shirts this time? Well, no one would see that unless you're not wearing pants. Well, yeah, you like could you if, if everybody. Yeah. It would encourage everybody at tournaments and whatnot to not wear pants, which is the way men should be playing True. squad later. I like the freedom uh, that it affords me. Hey, we also had a uh, comment on a, on a post. We usually don't read the comments, but this is on one eleven. Episode 111 and is about the ASL Ladder Tournaments place. It's continuously updated calendar of upcoming ASL tournaments around the world at this site. So we talk a lot about the ASL Open and the Texas Tourney and the Alpenfestung because the runners of those tournaments email us, Gmail us at our account. Yes. So, folks, just, you know, we don't want to ignore your, the Calgary we talk about because they Gmailed us. Right. But we don't do a lot of research except the rule book, so if you can email us any information you'd like us to share, we'll get it out there for you. We'd be happy to be the voice of your tournament. Yeah, we don't want to just ignore your tournament. Winter Offensive happened, and we don't do much with that. The second place winner was Gary Fortenberry. I tweeted that out. Did they send us an announcement of Winter Offensive? No, it was posted on the MMP site. Yeah, so why would we? They could send us stuff. They could send us something. Come on! Yeah, make it easier for us. Unless you, look, unless you don't want a lot of people at your tournament. No, we have to you know, if you've got limited seating, don't tell us about it because when when we announce it, you're going to get bombarded. Yeah, bombarded. You're you're going to have to, you know, knock the walls out. So, I'll post that link to the ASL tournament. Bless you, sir. Do you want me to tell you about this interesting story I read? I do. I I wasn't sure if this was real or not, but I've read this a couple of times. Um, mostly because I have a short-term memory problem and I couldn't remember what I read. But this, I, I saw this in Gizmodo, the Gizmodo website the other day, and it's called The Incredible Flying Tanks of World, of World War II. Can't believe it. But uh, it's got a great picture here, which maybe we could use that for our show picture. And the article reads, I'll just read through it real quickly because it's short, but it says, given how Devin's, give it, <laughs> maybe I won't. Given how devastatingly effective both newly invented tank and airplane technologies proved during World War I, it was only a matter of time before enterprising military designers on both sides of the Atlantic thought to combine them into a flying Reese's peanut butter cup of armored mayhem, and they almost succeeded, at least the Soviets did. In the 1930s, both Americans and Soviets realized the tactical advantages of being able to drop an armored division behind enemy lines where it could wreak havoc on the enemy's soft spots like supply lines and command posts. In America, tank developer Walter Christie designed a self-propelled flying tank that employed a pair of biplane wings and a rudder with a propeller driven by the tank's engine. In this scheme, the tank commander would also pilot the vehicle. The flying tank is a machine to end war, Christie told Modern Mechanics magazine in 1932. Knowledge of its existence and possession will be a greater guarantee of peace than all the 
treaties that human ingenuity can concoct. A flock of flying tanks set loose upon an enemy, and any war is brought to an abrupt finish. Wow. Great idea, but that <laughs> ne never turns out that way. Couldn't you just blow them up like normal tanks? Yeah. This this reminds me, well, what are these I don't want to flying what? Fly tanks. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Russia's initial attempts weren't any better when the Soviet High Command began looking into delivering armored support to ground troops from the air. They took the most logical step and just dropped the tanks out of airplanes. No parachutes, they just let them drop. When that idea didn't pan out, they tried fitting parachutes to the tanks, but that didn't work out much better. They also experimented with strapping small tanks like the T-27 and T-37 to the bottoms of the TB-3 bombers, but the process proved treacherous and unwieldy. And given the relative value of a TB-3 bomber versus the lightly armored tank it was carrying, the risk of having both shot down outweighed any amount of damage that the tank would inflict. In 1940, famed Soviet aircraft designer Oleg Antonov struck upon the idea of converting the 32-ton T-34 tank into a glider tow it behind a pair of ANT-20 planes and simply coast the armored vehicle into enemy territory. Dubbed Kryla's tanks, literally winged tank, and designated the A-40KT, this prototype vehicle combined glider wings and a T-60 tank. The pilots maneuvered the tank craft by raising, lowering, and rotating the turret, which was connected to the rudder and ailerons. It actually flew once in 1942. The T-60 was stripped of all non-essential parts to reduce its weight as much as possible, then attached to the glider wings and hooked up to the back of a TB-3 bomber. While the tank did get airborne, its massive weight caused the bomber's engines to quickly overheat, forcing the pilot to cut the A-40KT loose. Amazingly, the A-40 glided in for a successful landing, whereupon the a-40's pilot detached the wings and drove the tank back to the airfield. Unfortunately, subsequent experiments with the larger T-34 tank, which is what the Soviets really wanted to use, proved too heavy, and the project was eventually shut down. It wasn't until the U.S. military later invented low-level extraction drop methods where a C-17 swoops low to the ground and opens its rear hatch and drogue shoots attached to the tank or deployed, pulling it out the door. The tanks became, began falling from the sky. We're still waiting, for, however, for those flying ambulances in the 1920s that were promised to us. Uh, and that's the end of the article. And that is pretty cool. Crazy. I, I think during times of war... You know, if you're great time for an inventor because you can do. Oh, yeah, they'll like pay. They'll like give they'll you, some you money to research. Yeah, you stuff. just go to the War Department and say, "Hey, hey, I got an idea." Very funny. Well, I have a little uh, letter from Mark who sent it before our interview with Perry, and he pointed out from the MMP newsletter, going up on pre-order before long will be the greatest day. Sword Juno, Gold Beaches, and Hakapala, Hakapala, both of which are still in layout. He asked if I thought of my chair when I heard the news. Yeah, but you didn't. I did not. You had your chair uh, securely strapped in. Yes. On. Yeah. Good but, for you. But thank you for, uh, yes, again, letting us uh, know and keeping us uh, up on things, Mark. Thank you very much. Hey, guys. I can't recall how I first learned about ASL. A friend of mine had 
Flight Leader back in the 80s, and I recently picked up a copy of that. Also been a fan of Memoir 44 for a long time, which is a game from uh, Days of Wonder, I think. Mm -hmm. Looking for something a little more in-depth, perhaps, led me to ASL. I've been listening to your podcast for about a year, and last summer I picked up Beyond Valor and the number one and number three starter kits uh, as a lot on eBay. I haven't gotten ASL to the table yet, and I was curious if you guys would consider doing an episode imparting your wisdom and advice as if you were explaining to a friend how to get into ASL. And, uh, Will, I think it's a great idea. I've actually been rolling that idea around in my head a little bit just to do, because uh, we haven't done really a introduction to ASL since very early on in the show. And I think maybe it's time. we, Dave and I have both learned more things and maybe have a better grip on how it could be explained. So uh, coming up soon, I, I would say. Yes, indeed. Unless you don't want to. Nope, I think that would be a good idea. Okay. Yeah, can't hurt to get. I'm not sure how well we did it in the beginning anyway. Oh, it was crap. Probably. <laughs> well. It can only get better. Thanks, yeah. everybody, for writing. Oh, or for sending. Oh, somebody who. Mail, Jeff. It's mail Look at time. Wrapped up in a nice, and I did not open it, although I will confess I peeked into this corner to see what this package is from our good friend Matt. Morocco in California. Thank you again, Matt, for this wow. wonderful package. Do we have yeah, any music for this? It. Do you look at the name on it? To Jeff and Dave Kleinschmidt. Yeah. Aww. So go ahead. Have Hopefully a go. it's well, like it we're brothers. Plastic. I took the plastic off. But it left oh, okay. This not, you, you sure you want me to? Yeah, please open it. I'm anxious to see what Matt has sent us. This is actual brown. This is sent in plain brown paper. Which is wise because you don't want the mailman reading all your ASL no, stuff. No, not even to know what we're getting. So uh, what do we got here? Like several. It's items. heavy. Ma yeah, magazines. Oh, great. So I'm going to give you two. All right. And what I've got here is a very wonderful magazine called First World War, 1914 to 1918, special 100th anniversary commemoration, an illustrated history. This is uh, brought to you by A History of Conflict, Britain at War magazine. Who would have thought there was a magazine called A History of Conflict, Britain at War? Well, there is. Wow. And this is a nice, hefty magazine in living color. Um, it's only 26 pounds. No, it can't be that expensive. In, in British pounds? No, it can't. It's not that expensive. Don't know what it is, but um, nice. This is nice, thick, colored pages, lots of pictures. You know, and I don't know an awful lot about World War One. It's not one of the things that I've ever been all that enamored with. Yeah. I, so I'll be looking forward to reading this. Yeah, and I teach it, so I know some of it. And But if you look at my shelf, there's clearly about a quarter, 25% of the World War One books in, yeah. that I have of the World War Two books. Yeah. I need to reread them too to gain more insights and do some highlighting. So um, that is a fine quality. It's a very nice Jeff. magazine. So is this one. What'd you get? Man has sent us Great Battles of World War II, Monte Cassino, unmistakable story of the fierce battle for Italy's mountainous slopes. Yeah. And look at the uh, photographs here. Just full page. 
and yeah. artwork. Well, this is as the well. kind, of, yeah, and this is the kind of thing I usually like to slice up and make into posters and hang up in my room. If you come into my classroom, I just took down all the World War II stuff, and there are posters everywhere, flags of the nations, a lot of the nations, not all of them, yeah. up around the rim, model kits encased in plastic oh, nice. cases, even a B-17 model I made, and uh, miniature soldiers painted up, and uh, stuff all over the place. Yeah. And so it's, I like to make it like a little, kind of like a little museum. So when the kids are spacing out and just staring at the wall, they're actually absorbing Something, historical yeah. imagery. Yeah, but anything. Look at that. So what a that's amazing, beautiful. big, 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 thick magazine. Yeah, it's kind of like a book man. Like Boy, if you rolled that up man. and uh, swatted your cat with it, he would hate you. Indeed, these are huge photographs. <laughs> so that one. Yeah, I always think it's interesting. You go into a middle school and you go into like the science teacher's room is wonderful. There's like terrariums and aquariums <laughs> and and. Things hanging, stars and planets hanging from the ceilings and posters. And then the social studies room, like yours, is like a museum. Then you go into the math teacher's room, and it's just like there's chalk. There's a piece of chalk. <laughs> Whiteboard now. Yeah. And then and that's, and that's about it. it. And the clock. Or they and just have it. those little posters, like, keep two plus trying two. hard. Yeah. <laughs> Patience yeah. is a good thing. Yeah. Stop being so dumb. Um. Yeah, I, I don't get that and do math, and that's their room. Well, my, I guess it, it it relieves them a lot of stress of having to decorate their room. My other social studies teachers don't change their rooms. I change it per unit, so I have to get up and take all this down, and then now I'm putting up Holocaust stuff and genocide. Oh, okay. That comes down. I put up Cold War in two different yeah. series, early Cold War, late Cold War. Um, it's a lot of work, but, and, uh, yeah, the other teachers don't quite do that, but, the math teacher doesn't take down the minus sign and put up the, the <laughs> division sign. Progress. The social studies teacher though has other one has very funny things up uh, on her signs like um, "Stop looking here and get back to work." <laughs> oh, <laughs> things like yeah. the the beatings will continue until morale oh, improves. Yeah. You know those kinds of things. Yeah. I like her stuff too. Oh, that's good. And you have another magazine. He sent us four. Yeah, I've got one here called Modern War Target Iran. And this is some... Uh, target Iran? We're not yeah. going to war with Iran. No, but they're the target. And this, and there's some nasty-looking jets on the front. Is that the Iraq-Iran war? Yes, it is. I would Iraq, say this is probably... Iraq, Iraq. So I would say this is probably very modern war, but... I, you know, I don't, uh, let's see. Target Iran. Target Iran. Yes. Current military stuff. And then there's a little bit of historical... Little farther back in his history, Indochina, nineteen fifty-two, the Battle of Nansan, ah, and then the origin of the U.S. Joint Warfare Doctrine. So I think this is—it looks familiar. It might be a from the Strategy and Tactics people, Bob Strategy and Bill Tactics. Yeah, mine is. I have World, oh, yours is World at War, which is subtitled the Strategy and Tactics of World War Two. But I think this was. A version where he'd sent us some of these before, or another listener had, where they talk about the historical stuff, and then design corner about a game. Strike North, Japan invades the USSR 1941. I don't know much about historically, and it lays out some weaponry. Nice. And these are really nice. It's very nice of Matt to sections. Send us this stuff. And so, yes, yeah, so thank you very much, Matt. So that is Letters and Packages.
This is the BBC Home Service. Here is a special bulletin read by John Snag. D-Day has come. Early this morning, the Allies began the assault on the northwestern face of Hitler's European fortress. The first official news came just after half past nine, when Supreme Headquarters of the Allied Expeditionary Force issued communique number one. This said, under the command of General Eisenhower, Allied naval forces supported by strong air forces began landing Allied armies this morning on the northern coast of France. As long as you're over there by the uh, refrigerator, would you grab me a beer? How about a beer? Certainly. those days? Certainly. Those were the good old days of the podcast. Yeah. We used to enjoy it. This is a Dundee India Pale Ale. Yeah, it's a relatively inexpensive pack, combo pack. I have the English style. Ale. Dundee Brewing Company, Rochester, New York. <laughs> oh, Rochester. New York City. Yeah. That looks nice. What did you get? Oh, yours is a Dundee English style. English style. style. Okay. Mm-hmm. Which is fine. I think there's a darker in there that I like better. That's good. In that pack. I haven't been drinking as much beer lately. You know what I've noticed? For you, I know you were doing the non-wheat thing. Well, yeah, I was doing the non-wheat thing, and I think it's made me like allergic to wheat. <laughs> because by not now, doing it? When, yeah, by not doing it. And then when I do have wheat, I blow up like a balloon. So tomorrow, when I get up in the morning, you won't be able to see my eyes. I'll be all like swollen up and puffed up. You look like you're enlarging now a little bit. It's yeah, so frightening. I kind of look like Orson Welles first thing in the morning. And Errol Flynn by noon... Well, I have a play to lately. I finished a game that I started with Dave Timonen long ago. Did we do the music? What have you been playing lately? What have you been playing lately? What have you been playing lately, Dave? I have okay. been playing. <laughs> I, I don't like retreating. W-O-4. Oh, that's the name of it. I don't like retreating. Winter Offensive Pack Ah, 4, right? Okay. Yes. Yes. And did that with Mr. Timonen. We had it up on the shelf for like a month between playing. So I think I, Mm. the show had said, oh, I did this game with Timonen. I don't remember uh, because it wasn't finished. So my Germans won. I don't like retreating. We really liked it. I think we liked it. Uh, Dave seemed to, even though he uh, didn't win, it was close. Uh, The. British vehicles are with the Americans, and they start off with these vehicles all in a row in this road, and the Germans pop on with superior tanks and start bop, bopping them, you know? Yeah. Blowing them up, and then they retreat. They run back to this village. Germans have to control nine of those stone buildings. And uh, I wrote a note here. I came in from Hex Z4 area with three half-tracks, and... S9 area. Game was tricky. Lots of options and hexes to take or retake. And two pinned Americans couldn't advance into three to two odds close combat or a two to one odds close combat. Oh yeah, at the end. That's how I won. He was advancing back to take the houses and I pinned him. Oh. And a blaze preserved one German hex. Fire got started. I don't think it started with a blaze. Wow. So you got it came right down to the end. Came right down to the end. Yeah. Very very good. It was I went into it thinking oh I'm going to easily win this and then it got real frustrating toward the end. But I finally got into those last houses. 
I move my vehicles well around. You can move around those half tracks and get people encircled. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of options there. Yeah. Uh, if you can eliminate all those Cromwells, because you have some Panther uh, 5Gs. Those are the those are the Panthers, right? Yeah, not the Tiger. Yeah, the Panthers, and they can knock these things out. You just got to play it right. And you get an advantage to start with. And then Dave moved some of the tanks back to the buildings to shoot on them. And then I was able to sneak around the rear of one of his tanks, oh. too. Actually, he moved where I had a line of sight between two buildings at him. Oh. He didn't see it. Yeah. So that was kind of lucky, I guess. Yeah. Don't like retreating. W04. Liked it? Close game? Good. Recommended, yes. Good. Well, I played with Mr. Rich Spilkey recently in his preparing for uh, the ASL Open because he's going to be competing in the ASL Open. So we've been trying to play as many scenarios as we could. This uh-huh. this was a fun one. This is uh, called Spittelmarkt. Spittelmarkt, I think is yeah. actually how it's pronounced. Spittelmarkt. I think I got some spittle on my microphone. Uh, ASL scenario number FT196. FT being, oh, LeFranc Terrier, right? LFT? It's just FT. No. Friendly t- townhouses. FS is friendly fire. Fr- friendly townhouses. F-T. Flying F-T. Tigers. Yeah, I don't know why. I can't remember where it's from. Yeah, this is a uh, Frank tour. It must be FTs. Yeah, yeah I think oh, yeah, maybe yeah. it is. Yeah. Is it? This is their, their design layout. They do the color with the I knew that. original artwork that they're yeah. shopping at now. Okay, so this takes uh, place in Berlin in uh, 1945. Germans against the Russians, right there at the end of the war, April 28th. So very close to the end of the war there. Any big tanks? uh, Yeah, there are some big tanks here. and This is a very interesting scenario. This uses board 20B and 51. So this was fun. Um, The victory conditions are the Russians need to come in and take over some buildings right in the Spittelmacht Square, which is right in the center of Board 51, surrounded like by square? some big buildings. Is it shaded by a square? Shaped like a square? It is shaped like a square. What makes this kind of different and different each time you play is the special rule. Before setup, each player, Russian first and then alternating thereafter, must place five rubble counters and then four shell hole counters in any eligible hexes. The players do not roll for falling rubble. No rubble counter may be placed on a non-building hex unless there is a rubble counter adjacent to that non-building hex. So, just go back and forth. I place. I started off by placing a rubble, then he would place a rubble, then I placed a rubble, and he placed a rubble. And, and it really changed the whole thing, made it very hard for him. Rich normally likes to get really study a layout and get well prepared. This screwed him up a little bit, obviously, because I could I rubble didn't know some what buildings. You'd be yeah. yeah, so I rubbled some buildings and then and rubbled some then adjacent rubble to cover some road hexes, roads. Mm-hmm. which would make it more difficult for him. Though I will say, it was a bit overwhelming because I I didn't really think about all of the ramifications. There's a lot to think about. There's a lot to think about. Did you stick yourself in a bad way? I think I did it a little bit in that. In trying to think, I was going to be cutting off of his, cutting off his tanks from sneaking around behind me. Then I couldn't get to him either, and sort of 
sort of created, plus he gets four roadblocks, so pretty effectively he was isolating himself from my tanks. He has two Stug 3s, the Russians have uh, three T-34s and a an M3A half-track. Oh, and then later on, two big IS-2Ms come on, those yeah, big, big ones, the, yeah, the yeah. 122Ls. So um, what I had to do was, as I moved up and encountered his roadblocks, I actually had to go through a building and risk bog to get my tanks through. But actually, oh, okay. I was able to do that. Oh, interesting. And I did rubble some parts of the buildings very close to Spittelmacht, which made it a little harder for him to be hiding in those buildings. But he did a good job defending those stone buildings, and I probably was not aggressive enough when I started. Should have moved up a little quicker. And uh, but he won. But that was a very fun scenario. I would highly recommend that one because having that little extra thing of, of dropping in those rubble counters made it a lot of fun. Yeah, in fact, I had some rubble placing options. I'll get into last, but I played <clears throat> point <laughs> we, we can't help getting these French things. They're right, in yeah. ASL. Okay, ASL creators, stop using French terms Please. so people don't yell at us. Really, there's there's no need to be using French words. There's here. not. Point the apple. Just translate it. Yeah. Point of the apple. Isn't that what it means in French? Probably. Point the, <laughs> the apple. Po- and everybody knows what the point of the apple is. Well, this is U5. Now, this would be from your... G.I.'s Dozen, perhaps? I believe so. Pat Ryan's an adaptation from an original squad leader. Oh. Uh, these were the ones Stoller was kind of doing. Yeah. Played Mark Woods. He was coming over, and I thought he was. we were going to be doing some Valor of the Guards to prepare for a perhaps summer ah. very, very large game. Mm-hmm. The last bid. The first bid. The first bid, yeah. But he didn't. He picked this one, hmm. and I played it already. I had one with the Americans with Dan against Dan Sullivan years ago. So I took the German, and that is the attacker. That, a lot of half-tracks, and I use them well. I, and I don't, you know, I usually like to just get out of them and just leave them out of the way. Yeah. Terrible ASL player. I mean, you know. So I pulled them up at a long distance, blasted at some woods hexes, broke the Americans. That allowed me to move up to his roadblock to win. They got a control hex 3Q8, one hex. So you got to get in there and... Um, I managed to win that with the Germans also mm-hmm. by, again, using these vehicles the smart way, finally. Um, making them fire groups and maneuver around. And I don't remember, I did not use them to vehicle bypass freeze move, but the Americans have that six morale. You know, it's yeah. always a problem in ASL. Yes. They break. But I really liked it, and I thought it was a great scenario. It's quick that you could learn your half-track rules ah. with that. When they get pinned, what Not happens? Yep. They don't leap out if they're passengers. I had passengers in some that stayed in. Some I unloaded and got infantry running around to maneuver through some buildings. And then Mark didn't come up forward at the end into these buildings close to the one I needed, so I was able to get into the street. He wasn't blasting me in the street in the open there, so he really needed to do that. Ah, so yeah. That he kind of allowed me to get in that last hex. Yeah. And then I just moved everyone out around that hex I needed to control in the last turn mm-hmm. and said, okay, to win, you got to come in, Mark, and close combat me and and get an ambush so you can come out. Oh. Uh, you know, that infiltration rule. Right. Where you might be able to come out into this victory hex. I just surrounded it with dudes. Yeah. And had it 
sealed up like that. Yeah. So that was good. So that's good to know that that's a, a, a good scenario for learning half, half tracks. tracks. Yeah. Yes. So did you would you did you get out of half tracks and then get back in half tracks? Yes. Yeah, some and drive I dismounted around? and yeah. then others I kept. Because you're right. That's normally what I do is I'll drive the half track up, get all the guys out, and then I don't use the half track again, unless I'm unless it's on its own. But you know I don't like load guys back in it, and I sh- I should be thinking about that as an yeah, option. Yeah, especially looking at the board size, how far yeah. I might have to move later. Yeah. Um, and so we finished that one pretty quick because it's small units, four mm-hmm. German squads, six American squads. So I said, Mark, we're going to play two tonight. Oh. Escape from Komsomol Park, Valor of the Guards 13. Ah. And uh, interestingly, this point du has uh, had a low visibility hindrance, plus one, and so does Escape from Komsomol oh. Park. It has a plus one, then a plus two. Now, this one has been criticized online for being uh, dicey because every German unit, okay, there's a bunch of Russians trying to exit out, breaking out from an area in Stalingrad okay. through the German lines. Germans have to set up spread out. Spaces mm-hmm. between the multi-man counters, and I think, and um, the take a check, normal task check for prep and for defensive fire. If you fail it, you're marked prep without prepping. So oh, German wow. can't move, you can't fire. Yeah, so this makes it very, very. And what's with the dicey. Uh, what's with the uh, limited visibility? Is that because dusk it was coming? Oh, dusk. Okay. Yes. And uh, with this one. Um, I still liked it, I, having known it had these weird special rules. I thought, you know, it's a game. It's a game. It is a game. So I'm not going to sit here and get mad, oh, my, I rolled, I failed my prep checks, yeah. and I can't shoot or move, this is stupid. You know, I was like, yeah. okay, this is going to be happening to me, I'm going to be disorderly, disorganized Germans. Yes. And go with it, man, have some fun. See, oh, no, he got stuck, oh, this one came up. And um, I lost, but I kind of didn't. Move a vehicle over to where he had to exit that could uh, shoot on uh, purpose. Shoot, no, Accidentally, a little, a little on purpose. A little on purpose. And I told him, "Well, you want to, you want to wipe you out." But I ended up with a vehicle over there because I won the first game anyway. And he still, I, I, I moved one vehicle right there. He had to walk right by it in the last turn to exit the board. Mm-hmm. Plus two LV hindrance, and then he made four morale checks like in a row mm. to march right off. Yeah. So maybe had I had that other vehicle there, you might have made eight morale checks to get this point. Yeah. Well, that's it's my first Valor of the Guards. Game. That's nice that you, you know, cut him some slack there to let him win. And I'd like to know, and you have done that with me early on. Occasionally. Occasionally. Every I'd like to know what every game. <laughs> I'd like to know what our listeners think. Do you do you do that when you're playing a new player? Do you let them win? We've talked about that before, and listeners, I guess if, if you t- write us, no, yeah, you, we'd like to you know. voice us. Yeah, Come on, voice, voice, voice us, people. Yeah, Hit that record us. button, right? Yeah. And if you do, we have a prize over here. I'm going to go find one. Oh, okay. Oh, a prize. Keep talking, Jeff, about right. why. What you want them to do? Yeah, we want you to tell us. Do you let your opponent win sometimes? Because and why? Is it because you feel sorry for him? Is it because you're afraid of him? It's because you want to date his wife? We we want to know. You've got a reason if you're letting him win. And uh, did you, do you think that it's a good idea that you did that? Have you let somebody win and then you thought, well, I shouldn't do that? Or are you somebody who would like to be? 
allowed to win? Or are you somebody who just thinks, I, I want you to play full out. Go ahead and trounce me thoroughly. I learn, That's the best way to learn is to continue trouncing me. And so our prizes could be, you can either pick, we'll pick two. You can get Tarawa, Story of a Battle. Tarawa, Story of a Battle. Which Very Jeff good book. Had reviewed, yes. and I am also ready to review at some point. And, or, 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 Eastside Gamers Design Pack number four. Nice. Eastside Gamers Design Pack number four. So, fans, call in now. Tell us your opinion about letting guys win or going easy on guys. Or this yeah. could even include your thought about, like, giving advice in a yes, game. Yes, right. Because that's kind of the same thing. Well, hey, you know, you could bypass there. Yeah, I suppose so. Then you're, he's going to move faster. He right. might win the game. Yeah. The good I point. I think that's similar. Yeah. And my last... Ooh, you've been busy. Finally. Yeah, isn't that great? Into the Rubble. Into the Rubble? My first Into the Rubble game. Okay. I'm waiting to get to that one. Chomping at the bit here from Founding Fire Productions. Yes. Ding, ding. And Tom Barcolo came out last Saturday. Mm-hmm. These scenarios are all about middle size. They're larger than I had thought, so they're nice middle-sized games. These games give you a real feel for kind of like the Red Barricades feel. A lot of debris. I could place rubble here, too. And so I looked for things like placing rubble to block a staircase hex. Mm-hmm. The white dot yes. square, because then nice. you knock them out of the levels. You can't go up. Your right. opponent. Of course, you can't either. Um, what I didn't do, and I'd recommend folks, is if you're defending with the Hungarians the railway station, and the Romanians are attacking. By the way, Romanians and Hungarians get, like, Panzerfausts and stuff, too, armed, they're armed by Germany. Oh, okay. So don't forget that. Yeah. And I if won't. defending this Boy. railway house here on board BFP, Bonifier Productions A, uh, you can rubble out these two little buildings in front of you and get a night, and then put your machine guns up high and really cover some of the areas. That ah. I did not do that, of course. Oh. During the game, I'm like, darn, that house is in my way. Yeah. Oh. I well, how would you have rubbled them? You get some rubble counters? You get to place, like, four oh, okay. rubble counters. Yeah. Okay, so you're, saying, so you're saying you could take out a building that, and to clear some lines of sight for yes. you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah, Rich and, and I had some level. of that in that Spittelmacht. <laughs> right. Yeah. So be sure to look for that. Cool. You also get to place debris, so you could lay the mm-hmm. debris to cover your route so mm-hmm. you don't have to route into open ground right that's great use of the debris yeah i guess you could use it to slow down your attacker but i guess i yeah. didn't do it that way i placed it where i wanted to connect areas to fall back positions yeah good yeah really liked it into the rubble great boards with these train tracks we reviewed this product when i first bought it yeah i remember uh, that i like them. a lot of railroads in here and big <laughs> rail station on board a mm-hmm. And um, they're all, and there's different nationalities in all these too. Yeah, one is Chinese Japanese Valley for a railway station. So I don't know if Chaz Smith had kind of like said, okay, I got this board with railroads and a station house. I'm going to find all the bales I can find that were around transportation hubs. Yeah. So, so yeah, rebounded spirit. Now that's the Romanians and the Hungarians. Yeah. So which counters do you use for each of those? Well, Hungarians are now out, came out with. Budapest? Uh, nope, they came out with... Well, you got more with Budapest, I think. I don't think I've punched Budapest yet. And... No, I am not for sure. Because I just punched Valor of the Guards. Because we needed these red... Ah. 
marked uh, NKVD units that are special. Oh, right. So I went ahead and punched all that and put it all away after Mark left that night. Because that's how I spend my time. And You just can't get enough ASL. <laughs> Punching things. So the game was Armies of Oblivion or something. Oh, okay. That had the Hungarian. So you have a yeah. separate box of them. And Barkle said what he can't, co- what he color can't find they? that one. They're the two-tone ones. That's right there, Jeff. Yeah, I see the I see the name there. Bottom shelf, top one. They're the two tones. Go oh, higher. Yes. Go green, higher. Green Actually, go higher. Gray. Go higher. Higher. Oh, yeah, they're up there. Yeah, they're the German edge, so you can use German concealments on yes. them and German weapons with them because they were armed by Germany. And Perry just talked about that last week on our show. Yes, these two-tone. The interview. Yeah. Yes. And then the Romanians used to use the Axis miners. So they're both Axis minor countries, but the Romanians, I had forgotten, switched sides and joined the Russians. And as a consequence, their Panzerfaust ability was reduced because they weren't getting enough, enough Panzerfaust anymore from the Germans. Aha! And I got these two tanks come out at the end, these Zrini 2s, promptly broke the main armament on my first shot with one and promptly repaired it the next rally phase. So that rarely happens to me. That's very unlike you. 105s. And Tom was putting the pressure on. He was too slow to get in there. Romanian, you got to move quickly to get in that last building. And Hungarian, don't set up too far up on board one. You can have that option. Don't do it mm-hmm. too far out there. Just kind of stick around the bottom part of board, board one, closer to A, BFPA. And I would recommend, some might say, probably just stick right into the railway station. It's huge. Uh, and then these two 105s come on. And I, I got a nice hit with one of those. Yeah. So I had a squad and flipped another one. And pretty much that was Tom was done. That was just on turn five or six, I think. He was done a turn too early. Yeah. But he wasn't going to get in. He wasn't going to get in. I, mean, I could just fall back. Yeah. And he'd have to fight all the way through. So I've been playing a lot lately. Good so for you. Four scenarios. It's because we did not meet to play the big game that you and I are playing. Yeah, which we will be playing this Friday. Now, I did play a couple other games yes, because I'm moonlighting on you, as you know. Yes. Uh, during the week, I've been playing with Mike. I've been playing... Lemke. Uh, yes. Wilderness Wars, which is oh, about yeah. the French and Indian War. I think it's a GMT game, which is card-driven. Lots of fun. And then with uh, Doug Grease, I went over to Doug's house on Saturday and played Battle for Stalingrad, which is an old SPI game designed by our old friend John Hill. It was, is it? Yes. Huh. And quite a nice game. It's it's a strategic, let's see, would you call it strategic level? Maybe, but it's it covers the entire city of Stalingrad, not the surrounding areas, okay. but this entire city of Stalingrad. And um, we just got enough set up so that we could learn the rules. It actually took us a while to kind of get everything set up and figured out where everything goes and get the rules out. And the rules aren't that hard. It's a lot of exceptions to simple rules, relatively simple rules. But we got halfway through one turn. I was there for like six hours. Yeah. <laughs> but Let's I think now now that we've got it under our belts, it should move kind of quickly. And, and it's fun. And it's it was kind of popular. I think it's been reprinted by some other company. Well, that's what we've been playing lately. Yes. And we're back. We just took a little break. 
Wasn't that refreshing? Yes. <laughs> and what time is it for, for now? Well, now it's time. Now, there's something wrong with our electronic oh. masterpiece here, so we're going to... Maybe we should just imitate it. It's time for... What's... What's... One of our favorite segments, because we get to open a box. And you brought a real... Pa- I was going to do the annual 93 A and B, but... Not that old stuff tonight. We're going to do something brand new. Something new. Time for something new. You know what? I don't order that much stuff. No, and people should send us all the stuff they have. Yeah. <laughs> yes, they should. So but, we can uh, open it on the air. I did go on to the MMP website some months ago, and I pre-ordered uh, Action Pack 9. And I was very excited to get it this week. And it's always kind of funny because they send you an email. Your order has changed uh, status from pending to to working. And oh. then the next day, from working to printing the shipping label. And then the next day, really? from we've now taken the shipping label and moved it into the stack closer <laughs> to the boxes. And the next day after that, it's like, you know, it goes on and on. But finally, the mailman showed up and delivered Action Pack 9. I'm right. very excited. This is called To the Bridge Action Pack 9. This is the ninth action pack, thus the name, and focuses on the 1942 Japanese invasion, invasion of Burma and the crushing Allied defeat and retreat towards Rangoon. Okay, don't know much about that one. I'll be learning. Yeah, it's very educational. Oh, yeah, this has the cover with the... Beginning with the December 1941 invasion of Thailand and ending with the disaster at the... Sitlang Bridge in February of 1942. To the Bridge is the first of three planned action packs covering the campaign from the Japanese invasion to the Allied liberation. Oh, three? How about that? In order? Uh, um, you know, it doesn't say that. It doesn't yeah. say that, but so I don't know. To the Bridge features Japanese infantry forces against Commonwealth infantry supported by the light armored cars and carriers, Burma rifles, Gurkha rifles, 13th and 16th Indian brigades, and various frontier forces. In addition to the bridge includes Japanese seaborne assault opposed by the Thai army supported by the uh, Patani provincial police force and units from the military academy. So I did a little bit of reading, which is always dangerous. These these actually air, I'll give you the, you can talk about the cover art. Well, it's a photo again, <laughs> so we're not going to talk about it much. Yeah. But it is cool. It's very dramatic, Japanese, nice yellow, like the color of the Japanese counters. Yeah, with flag that brilliant red flag. There. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. It meets Dave's seal subjects, of, seal of approval. But to the bridge. Three man. For those people that don't know, Burma is sort of the way that you get from the Indian subcontinent to China without having to go over the Himalayas. Because if it wasn't for Burma, you got to go over the Himalayas. And so one thing that the Japanese realized, and this was early on, this was still in 1941, so before the U.S. was officially in the war, the United States had decided to back China in their efforts to combat the Japanese on mainland China. And this was a bit distressing to the Japanese because they were having a hard time even then controlling all this territory that they were taking on. Yeah. And they decided this the Americans supplying 
the Chinese was a bit problematic for them. Correct. And so they wanted to cut off this supply line. Burma Trail. And Burma was the way to do it. So and that's that's why they invaded Burma. This whole area was called the CBI, the China Burma India Theater. Okay. So like PTO. Yep. Or ETO. Though it wasn't officially a theater of operations, it didn't have the the official command structure that a theater of operations did in PTO and ETO. But it, what they did just call it a theater. And as a result of the operations going on there, they, we had things like the Flying Tigers, very famously, came from, yeah. from this group and Merrill's Marauders. And uh, here we go. So we got some maps. I'm going to give you the coolest map right All there. right. Thank you, sir. Have you already looked at this? I have, yes. I have taken, I've taken the liberty. So we have three maps, seven, eight, and nine. And... This thing that they've been doing now, these are a bit... Well, 8A. Yes, 8A, 7A, and 7B. Correct. This is the Gary Fortenberry style Yes, and so tell me, Dave, what's the point? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I've got 7A in my hand. I I turn it over. It looks absolutely identical. The only difference is is the numbering. We figured this out before. We did, Remember didn't this? we? But we've well, since have forgotten. I'm, we should listen to our own show. We should, and we haven't been playing these. I haven't done no, any we haven't. these packs with yeah. these boards. None, yeah. zero. I think. Well, maybe. And this is the one. third one of this style boards already. Third uh, yes. One? Holy cow! Because action pack. Oh yeah, one, two, three, four, five, eight. six, seven. Has eight, these boards? Nine. I know for sure, and yeah. I, I've got to order that. I think I got to order that. Yeah. Action pack eight. I might have one. I just sold a... MMP will probably... They'll send me one. Oh, yeah, MMP will yeah, ship oh, right Perry, go ahead. It on yeah. Here, everybody just, stop listening. This is just for Perry's ears only. Perry, <laughs> go, Perry, you can go ahead and ship me action pad 8 and 7. And I just sold Tom Barkle my my extra partisan game sealed. For $800. <laughs> nah, 20 bucks. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh. He, he felt it went for that anyway online, typically. It wasn't a big seller yet. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, that's I'm like, good. Well, I'm going to keep this till it's up to four hundred. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like twenty years. Like, yeah. Seal partisan. Eh, he's a good friend. Yeah, he is. So he's a good guy. Yeah. What is the difference? The numbering system. So that's the that's, that's the only difference from side A to side yeah, B. They're identical. A, otherwise, all of the they're numbered different ways. Where's A on this? There is no A. Yeah. Okay, so it has to do with something with putting them together. Can I? It's got to be. So I have board eight. A and B, identical yeah. front and back. Yeah. Uh, lots of huts. I'm assuming this here's a lot of huts. Yes. Buildings. We've got some two nice hills, some woods between it. The hills sit in this corner back here kind of nicely. These are more squared boards than the um, rectangular boards of the previous game yeah. style boards. Yes. So in that way, you know, on one board, I think, makes a better playing surface. I guess so, it's yeah. Just a nice, more like a square, gives you more room there. Right. A narrow corridor to attack through. Yes. But I don't think that's why they designed them that way, but I forget why. We can interview Gary at uh, Open, Fortenberry. Is he going to be at the Open? I don't know. Okay. Well, <laughs> he came in second at the Winter Offensive. We'll I, have somebody imitate him. Yes, we can. Yeah. So There's a lot. So that's, this is really that was crowded. Eight, very crowded board. Eight, yeah, eight. lots going on there. Yes. This, you know, good Pacific stuff here. Yes. A lot of brush, which would be... Okay, my Razor name. grass. Uh, elephant grass. Bamboo. What's the yellow stuff? Kunai. Bamboo. Bamboo. Well, it okay, might be. Bamboo yeah. is the hard stuff, yeah. Yes. Yeah, because yeah, I've seen real bamboo patches. It's yeah. it's thick and dense. Yeah. I like to go in there. In the bamboo. Yeah. 
So, <laughs> what board do you have? I have uh, board 7A and B. Another very busy board. Um, there are some stone buildings on this one, along with just a couple of huts. And quite a bit of different terrain here. So there is some fields, obviously kunai. There's some swamp. There's a lake with some swamp on it. Some paths going through the, the woods, jungle. Oh, yeah, that's more of the wilderness, isn't it? And uh, some hills. Small hills, one-level hills. Three yes, levels. orchards on the hills. and Which would be palm trees in the Pacific. I would think so. And a little valley. A little four-square valley and a long And a four-square valley, valley yeah. So it's very a very three-dimensional, very dense, a lot lot going on here. A lot to move through. Also. Seven 7B. So if you're looking for that spread out kind of thing, you got Yeah, nine, a little more open space. Nine. Or nine really open, lots of open area, huts again, wooden houses, huts, and a couple of patches of the kunai. Apaches? And bamboo. There's Apaches? And there's Apaches. This is Native American set. And a village is kind of strung um, out, kind of along the middle there. How many huts? A ten? A, a ten, ten huts? Hut. <laughs> Sorry. We can cut that out. We better. So, three of the new style boards and ten scenarios. Yeah, so now we've got some scenarios. And I went through these, so if it's all right with you, I'm just going to kind of talk about sure, I don't have about, to talk about, about these a little bit. But I'll hand them over. Nice to pre, pre-plan, yes. Here's one called Thai Hot. First one, and these go, incidentally, in order of... Dates. Dates. Yeah. What's the word I'm looking for? Chronological. Thank you. Chronological order. These are all designed by Gary Fortenberry, by the way. This early one is Thai forces against the Japanese. And what's, what I like about this is the Japanese they get a Daihatsu landing craft okay. in this one. Sweet. Five of them. I've used them before. Which I've never... I have no, never I'm seen before. Now, so okay. these come on the blue counters. I was looking around. Yep. I was looking through the Japanese vehicle notes, yeah. looking for this. And then I thought, oh, wait a minute. These are landing crafts. They must be those blue counters. Mm-hmm. Right. But where did those come in? Do you remember? Kung Ho. Okay. The original, yes. the original. Well, the Marine landing. I was trying to remember why I had them. Or I think the code. It didn't come you with code. code. You had code of Bushido. You didn't have Kung Ho. But I haven't. I, uh, I haven't. Organized all of my Kota Bushido. Yeah, I'm sure they're probably somewhere in there. Yeah, so those are fun. They've got um, 39 portage points. They got a bow machine gun, and it's a cute little landing craft. And interestingly, made totally out of paper. Did you know that? No, that's not true. Oh, but it would be funny. (laughs) We're thinking, what they whack the heck out of it? (laughs) Yes, I think they were, and. So the tie forces, I think that with the tie forces you use, whose counters would you use for those? The French? Yeah, you take a look. And then test my ASL knowledge. Yes. Um, boy, nope, these are allied miners. Oh, they are, okay. Or, or access miners. Give me another second, I'll look closer. Shouldn't they tell you? I think Axis. They look like the Romanian, but... Don't know, but yeah, one yeah. of the two, for sure. Yeah, for sure. And this scenario uses uh, board eight, which comes with this, but there's some overlays required. Specifically, there's an overlay with some ocean on it, OC1. Yep, that's where those uh, ships will come in, of course, and a yeah. beach, BE3. Yeah, so and there's a little, little bit small. of beach landing. An, it looks like this would be a nice way to uh, yeah. get started with the landing thing. You're yes. not tied into a big, long game. Yep. And the de- counter density is small. Yes. Good. Oh, you know what was interesting on these boards? Uh, one thing that I saw is there's some tunnels. 
on the boards? Yes, connecting the, these boards. They're connect and not connecting the boards, but <laughs> oh. there's some. There are tunnels. I swear. Sewers. Well, there's a little circle here. Like a little a circle. That's mark. what I'm seeing. Yes, and W-20. it comes. It's there's a circle both in the building oh, yeah. and then coming out in, in the uh, swamp or in, in, in the gully, right? Right. Yeah. So pre-planned t- tunnels usually just yeah. right down where you want to put And that, that appealed well, to me. Yeah. I wonder if that's for a specific scenario. Um, scenario. It might be, but though I went through all these scenarios and I didn't see any uh, tunnel yeah. rules okay. listed in the SSR. Next scenario is called Double Trouble. This is the Japanese against the British, or members of the British Expedition, not the British Expeditionary Force, but Commonwealth. There are some Gurkhas in in some of these scenarios. Yes. And the British come on with, uh, oh, the British come on with a motor gunboat that comes on. So there's, again, some some water here. Though the gunboat doesn't move, It's, it's fixed in a certain location with a big mortar on it. There's a Stokes 3-inch mortar, which looks like fun. This uses board 6 and 7 and 5, so you got to go back to, excuse me, to the previous action pack to get those boards. They're clever that way, you know, at MMP. You can't just buy one action pack. You've got to have them all. <laughs> yeah. yeah that is, they are clever. It's right clever. And look, these Japanese start striped, or with the red yes. signs up. Mm-hmm. Next is Slicing the Throat. This is the British against, uh, obviously, the Japanese again. This one is kind of fun because it's using, uh, and a number of these use uh, armored cars. In this case, the British Carrier A, which is a fun little vehicle. Uh, it's, It's got 16 movement points. And the interesting thing about this little vehicle is that the bow machine gun can be repositioned as an any aircraft machine gun. If you want, yeah, yeah, you take a take a part of a fire phase, and you can convert that. That uses board eight and seven, and then on the other side, milling about. These actually uh, does use Gurkhas in the rules. Some of the British units are Gurkha, and the Gurkhas are. What do those give you, Dave? Do you remember? Like in one in close combat, they have this famous yeah. knife or sword. Or yeah, mostly. Tool. Yeah, it's called a kakuri. That sort of yeah. big. Backward bent knife. Oh, it's just like a knife? Looking. I thought it was like a chainsaw. They carry chainsaws <laughs> in the battle? <laughs> yes. <laughs> they may have. I had a, remember I had a great book on Gurkhas. It had some fascinating stories of their determination and their like stick to itiveness and uh, little anecdotes. Yeah, I'd like to read that. Oh, actually, look at that. Because there it is. it's. Uh, oh. There it is, the Gurkhas. Oh, the Gurkhas. Yeah, I wonder yeah. if I highlighted stuff in there. I'd like to read that. Because it uh, just, it sounds very interesting. Book mm-hmm. Yeah, book review coming up. What else we got here? Oh, then there's an explanation and an offering to use the Australian balancing system. Oh, there's a whole page yeah, yeah. on that in here. Okay. Which you bid for the side you want, and then right. you offer up more and more concessions to get the one you want. Yes. And then here's a little bit larger scenario called Empire's Fall. It uses board 8A... 9B and board 40, which makes a nice big square. And using British forces, what's that? Empire's Fall. You do that through the entire scenario. I like this one because it uses the British OQF 40 millimeter 
which is one of those guns that gets uh, two to kills on doubles. Oh yeah, yeah. That's a good thing. Oh, the bad thing it has lot. it has I no gun that shield. All the time. That's, oh yeah. That's sad. Yeah. No gun well, shield. Dig it in, right? Or uh, I guess, yeah. This scenario also utilizes uh, you. You get to designate some of the British units as sappers. Now that, that's a term. I don't know where that comes from. Do you know what sappers do? Yeah, they are simply like destroy fortifications. Or do they dig underneath the earth? They dig under their under things. They can take an extra two or repairing roads and laying clearing mines. Yeah, clearing mines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or they can build and repair roads and bridges. Oh, can they? Yeah. Well, that's what this dictionary says. Repair. I think I like more the idea of removing fortifications or like clearing mines. Yeah. They get a, a deduct two from a clearance die roll with your sappers. You sappers, get up there! And they can lay mines, too. I guess they can. Here's one called Full Mood Madness. It uses board nine and, like, you know, eight overlays. Look at that. And I'm liking the pictures of the guys and all the... The pictures are great. The Gurkha, yeah. the head, the, what do they call their head wrapping? It's, um... It's like a it's, turban, it's I look, guess. Yeah, turban, yeah. thank you. It's like it's looking like, hey, this is different. Yes. I don't have a lot of pictures of guys in turbans on my ASL cars. Yeah. So Eurocentric, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was very, very excited to see that. Here's To the Pain. This takes place Ooh. February 1942. So again, all these are, are pretty close together. Mid-41 through mid-42. Uses board 8B and board 62. I mean... Admittedly, you've got to have a selection of boards to play all these scenarios. But Correct. this one uses a nice array of armored vehicles, mostly armored cars for the British. Then smashing the hook on the other side using board 7. But again, you've got to have the overlays. Now, Perry did mention that there's going to be a total reprint of Overlay all the overlays. Yeah. Soon, yeah, so they all match the new colors. That'll be good. You know, Full Moon Madness, he's got like... It's a pretty big scenario. Nine, well, nine uh, overlays. Yeah, it's like breaking yeah. the overlay rule. Yeah, but they're all and they're all rice patties too. They're like all the rice patties out there. I think, uh, like one through five. At least they're drained. That's easier to handle the rules on those. And look at that Aussie guy in that picture too. Yes, he looks Aussie some. <laughs> Here we have number ninety-one parting shots, and most of these are six or seven turns long. But uh, using these boards, there's going to be a lot of uh, three-dimensional movement. British again, Japanese, nothing special about this other than all of the British are Gurkhas, which is awesome. And the final one there, Dave, is... End of the beginning. 7A, 5B, 3A, 6A. And look at the red markings there in play. Yes, so it's everything south of the river. Oh, okay, that's a river outline. Yeah. Oh, outline, good. Right. And this is big, this is meaty. 20, 20, 30 squads per side. So yeah, and which which maps are those? Game. All the six A, three A, seven A, five B. So they're all these square ones. So that's going to be a a much larger surface area. Maybe yeah. this would make a good four player game. Action Pack Eight you know? was Road to Roads to Rome or Roads through Rome. Yeah, road, we played road, all from of those. Rome. Do you remember that? Yes, but I don't actually. Did we play with Map Six? Is that the one with the river in it? Big river through it. A river runs through it. Six? Yeah, we did then. Or five. Whatever was in there, we played them all. We played them all. Okay. Well, maybe except one or two. 
Yeah. Yeah, I think I did one with Bob early. Yeah. Anyway, it makes me want to get those, get that last scenario pack, too. So I think I'm going to order that right away. I think this is a very good value. A lot of cool maps. How much is it again? A lot of cool scenarios. It's $30. Uh, Let me think. I think it's $35. It was $25 on pre-order. I think it's $35 now. I don't remember seeing this before on the, the back. Hasbro, the little it, Hasbro, it licensed is. by Hasbro yep, properties. It's, it's on there. And what they have taken off of the packaging, which I like, is they no longer it no longer says that it's a choking hazard. <laughs> oh, as, as no, some of the other no ones pieces, do. no chip. Oh, Chips. that's right. No game counters. Oh, I know some kids that could choke on this. If they tried hard enough. They tried hard enough. And, um, if I tore it up for them and gave it to them. To yeah, the Hasbro is on a lot of their products. Yeah, I've, I've all, actually never really noticed that before. It's just sitting down there. Oh, and Dave, i got a present for you. Oh, the blue piece of paper. Yeah. Except this one is not punched. Oh, <laughs> punched. So I, n- I never get you the right so, gift. No, no, I like it. No, I like it a lot. No, no, I like it. It's worth $35. I it's never do anything right. And what is that, a rat already? Yeah, there's some errata here. With the product, though, so you don't have to wait. Yes. It's only a couple couple of minor things. Are you kidding me? So Look certainly. at this one. Yeah. <laughs> Map boards it's 8A tolerable. and 9A are upside All down. All woods are supposed to be kunai. What? Yeah. The river does not exist. This is a huge mistake. What? Okay, Sending not, it back. Not. Oh. And here's the clincher. Here's the clincher, which is also a clinker. So I received this three days ago from MMP. Today, I received another package in the mail, and I thought, oh, I wonder what this is. From Matt Morocco? It was another one from MMP. Yes, another Action Pack 9, another copy, and I thought, oh, they sent me two. One for Dave. One for Dave. Or one of those were the Aswads. Yes. I thought, that's so nice of Perry. What a great guy. He probably thought, yes, send them one. So... I thought, wow, that's great. And then I thought, hmm, let me just check. So I signed on to my bank. Well, they've charged me twice. Oh. So I wrote them a letter and said, you've charged me twice and you've sent me two. What are you going to do? Which rhymes. And they came back with keep one because you're going to ask why. Well, I'm hoping so. I'm hoping so. We'll let you know. We'll leave you a little cliffhanger there. Although Alex is sending mine soon. Or no, we're waiting until else comes in and I'll get them both. Yeah. So there we go. All right, everybody. Boy, that's going to be that's a, show. a show. Yeah. That's an amazing show. Very good. Lots of goodies. All this ASL stuff around us. Yeah. I should take a picture. We're going to use the new artwork for the photo. Oh, yeah. Who knows? We'll surprise you. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll let you know. So next time we'll have some rules, maybe, and some other stuff. Dave's got some. Oh, I got three annuals we, to review. We next got a time. lot of stuff, a lot of material. And like. ASL Open coming up. Oh, uh, we didn't even get to this debriefing, the. Uh, yeah. Quiz show. We have a Valkyrie we're supposed to review tonight. Yep. Movie. I can do that Gurkha book too. And I got lots to do that. Yes. So, so thanks, thanks everybody. For listening. Yeah. So remember to roll low. Roll low. And what else? Rally well. Ah, yes, of course. But, but never, not when you're playing it. Never when you're playing it. No, never. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Bye, everybody. Thanks, everybody. See you next time. See you next time.
need, yeah, we should pick something. Oh, okay. <laughs> Boy, I'm really hard to please. Well, or we could do. These do look kind of good. They do look like fun, yeah. Here. Yeah. Um, just because they're so different. Yeah.